Hey everybody, Rayla Casey here with Matt Lieb. Welcome to the next episode of Graybeards on Storage podcast, a show where we get Graybeard storage bloggers to talk with system vendors and other experts to discuss upcoming products, technologies, and trends affecting the data center today. This Graveyard on Storage episode brought to you today by Commvault was recorded on December 1st, 2020. We have with us here today Matthew Tyrer, Senior Manager Solutions Marketing and Head of Competitive Intelligence at Commvault. So Matthew, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what's been going on with your Activate solution these days? Hey Ray, thanks for having me on the uh, the podcast. It's uh, great to, to be able to hop on here and chat with you guys. Uh, so for me, uh, I've, uh, I am what you would call a Commvault veteran being with the company oh, well, almost uh, well over 12 years now. Uh, but prior to that, I had experience uh, with a bunch of other tech companies, including uh, Dell uh, EMC, and uh, I've worked around the world on different uh, data center and cloud projects. Now, uh, that's me in a very, very tight nutshell. Uh, but for Activate, um, you know what I what I like about the Activate solution and uh, the data services it provides is that it's really a timely solution these days. Uh, you know, given the current climate and all the remote uh, work that we're going through, and just data being much more dispersed, you know, at its core, Activate fundamentally helps users and customers to know more about the data that they have. And and I've always uh, looked at it as if you know more, you can do more. <laughs> So Activate is a, is a component of the, the Commvault solution set, I guess, or platform, um, and, and is, is focused on understanding um, the, the data in the data center, across data centers as well, or, or within, the, within the environments? Well, that, you know, that's a great point that, to really highlight is the fact that, you know, something that Commvault always has prided ourselves on is that underneath all of the different functionality that we offer is a single platform, a single code base. So this is just an extension of the Commvault data management platform, specifically to deliver features around data governance, compliance, e-discovery, uh, analytics, and those types of, uh, of data-centric operations. And to your point, you know, what kind of data can I manage um, I can be looking across uh, physical virtual hosts, uh, either within the data center, across multiple data centers, in the cloud, uh, so and even within the backup set. So what's nice is, you know, I, I know a lot of people know Commvault from, you know, our position, you know, as a leader within the backup and recovery space, but we don't have to be backing up the data to run the analytics on it. So you look at, you know, very heterogeneous environments and uh, it's great that we can look at the live data that's out there uh, and active in the environment, but also the historical stuff that we've captured through our own uh, backup and recovery processes. So, I mean, was this the sort of stuff that, that you know, admins would do on their own by hand through searching through catalogs and, and, and directories and stuff like that? I was not, you know, in the, in the storage space, they always used Excel spreadsheets to try to manage their storage. But at some point, it got to the point where, you know, 15,000 tabs was not going to work anymore. Well, I mean, that's the big thing with so much data out there and the variance. You know, I mean, you, people, you've got workloads over here, over there. It, 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 
You mentioned the cloud. You mentioned data centers. I mean, it's everywhere, right? Well, and, then, and now uh, we add to the mix just the proliferation of kind of the remote data sets. So, I mean, you know, you and I and Matt, we're all sitting here uh, spread around uh, different geographies. And, you know, at, at the reality of it is, is we've got business critical data sitting on our remote desktops, uh, you know, instead of what used to be, you know, on a shared drive, probably in the data center, just given the current climate. So there's all this data spread out. And if you have to manually be going through and understanding, well, what is this? What is this? It makes uh, that task a lot more of a challenge. Oh God, it would take, take man years of effort to go find all this data and try to understand what, what the status is of it and that sort of thing, right? Well, that's why fundamentally uh, we've tried to drive all this automation into it. So running the analytics on the back end, making sure that we've got all of that metadata and content-specific data. So not just looking at you know the, uh, uh, the headers and the who, what, where, when kind of thing, but actually diving into the content itself to understand, well, what's contained within there? Is there you know, maybe uh, data related uh, to uh, privacy, or maybe this is a very sensitive data set? Yeah, so, so, so automates kind of the collection and processing of that data. And, you know, of course, behind the scenes, there's a lot of machine learning to drive some of that process. Hmm. Understanding of what the data is, how sensitive it is, and that sort of stuff. That's interesting. You, um, I, I was going to say, Matthew, um, you mentioned that it didn't necessarily have to be housed within a, a Commvault backup. Um, so 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 you're collecting metadata against data that's not even being backed up. Potentially. <laughs> yeah, that, that that's right. So you look at uh you look at other products in that space. Some uh some features from other vendors like uh other backup vendors look only at the data that they're protecting or only the data that they're archiving. Uh others that play purely on the uh, analytics side is only capable of looking at what's living currently in the environment, but they have no uh, view into the historical data. You know, what was there last year? What was there uh, two days ago? So that would line some backup someplace, right? Right. So what's really cool about the Convault data services there is it does have that fairly unique ability to look at both sides. So looking at data that might be live in the environment, in, in, uh, uh, live in the environment um, that maybe isn't, yeah, that it, it, maybe it isn't even being backed up by Convault for various reasons. Maybe it's being protected by another product or maybe uh, it's transient or something. Well, that, that's where I was going to say, and that's part of kind of uh, the feature set is to provide that risk analysis and profile to look at it and say, hey, you know, you've got this data over here that's not being protected. Do you want to do something about that? Right. <laughs> that's exactly what I was thinking. And, and, and I think that uh, I don't know that I've ever heard of a, uh, uh, of a platform that covers Unarchived data. Uh, obviously, the the data is the lifeblood that feeds your company, and we talk about it as as the new um, currency, right? It's gold, right? That's that, and your personnel are the the things that you you absolutely need in order to to make your company work. But if you can do that, um, and and look at who knows, remote workstation data that's not being backed up or what have you, 
and and be able to flag the uh, administrator and say, hey, are you aware that this, what appears to be information you might want is not being backed up? Um, you know, that's a, a massive step towards the um, towards the integrity of of the the DR scenario, but so much more. Would that be considered risk mitigation kind of thing, or, or you mentioned risk? I mean, it's, I mean, you mentioned disaster recovery, uh, Matt, but also when you look at uh, you know the obvious risks around you know malware, insider threats, uh, ransomware. You look at any of these risks, inclusive of disaster recovery, and I look at those risks as you know an extension of anyone's disaster recovery plan. But I mean, you can't recover what you don't know about, and you look at uh, you know prioritization of recovery. So it's like you know how can you recover your data when you don't even know what data you have? And so these analytics can help you to prioritize maybe the order of operations. Hey, you know what? We really need to recover these things first. But it can also help you identify uh, maybe other data sets are at risk. You know, the proverbial file with the payroll on it that's open 777 for everyone to see. So, <laughs> so, so, it give, so it's not just about seeing, okay, what data is being backed up and what data isn't. It can look at it and say, hey, this data contains sensitive information. Maybe we should quarantine it or move it somewhere uh, you know on the whitelist servers or maybe we should delete it entirely maybe it's like a data spillage data leak kind of thing or uh, completely orphaned it's like holy cow we need to reassign ownership and permissions for this file so that uh, it can be properly managed so there's a whole myriad of things that you can do once you've kind of got that uh, extra knowledge around that data visibility and stuff. The other challenge that has emerged over the last, oh, I don't know, decade or so is that, that um, compliance regimens change depending on where you're at in the world, right? I mean, so if you're a customer that's got multi-site data centers located in Europe and, and Asia and, and America, et cetera, et cetera, I mean, the different compliance re, you know, reg, regimens would, would cause you some sort of heartache to try to do this by yourself, right? Oh, definitely. And that, that's really where the, the data governance component of Convault Activate comes in is being able to build out algorithms and intelligence around looking specifically for data you know, associated to these regulatory uh, guidelines. So looking for uh, personally identifiable information or PII. And, uh, and again, you, know, you can't properly manage it or, or be compliant to these different regulations if you don't know what data you've got under your, your custodianship. I heard that uh, California's got their own flavor of GDPR. Yeah. Yeah. CCPA. Uh, the, I mean, there's, you know, it, it's a reality that all of these regulations are going to continue to come in and, and enforce just as people continue to put more and more scrutiny on the handling of their data. I mean, just look at, just look at the consumer side of it where, you know, people are like, wow, I don't want Facebook having that information about me or wow, I don't want these websites tracking my cookies. You start extending that, you know, into the enterprise and into the corporate space where it's like, hey, I need to properly manage, you know, my customer's data so that uh, I'm not the next headline about a data leak, you know, <laughs> so. Somewhere you mentioned privacy in this regard, too. So what's data privacy mean in, in an activate sense? 
Well, it can be, it mean many things. Uh, you know, it's more helping to support the implementation of kind of the, this data governance and data compliance uh, initiatives within the company because it could change. I mean, um, you know, you look at kind of the standard data set, uh, you know, uh, associated with, you know, HIPAA, or healthcare records or, you know, social insurance numbers or credit card numbers, those typical ones. But you know, maybe for different businesses, different types of data have different sensitivities. Maybe an organization needs to track specific contract numbers. Or trade secrets or IP and stuff like that. Yeah, patent, patents or something like that. So they want to, you know, hey, I want to always know where all this information is. And if you find something somewhere that it shouldn't be, flag me. Or again, back to that automation side of it, flag it, but also automatically lock it down so that we can deal with it. Uh, and we've kind of mitigated the. Uh... Which which brings up a, another question. Um, uh, the the auditing factor, right? If you if you see somebody, uh, a non HR person looking at uh, you know credit card information or or whatever you know PII might be sitting within the system, does the system actually notify or or uh, look back and, and see who was the the nefarious person who did open this and, and might actually have a copy of it? Well, that's kind of where you, you're bridging into the insider threat detection side of things. So it can certainly keep track of who has access to what and who has been accessing what. So, so, so to your example, maybe it's perfectly fine that that HR person can look at that data, but it's not perfectly fine that that HR person has a copy of it in their home directory. So, so you could kind of start going from that, and again, you know, drive action against it. So that's really uh, one of the again a big differentiator there is it's not just reporting and giving you pretty dashboards and pie charts and and you know dynamic graphics and stuff like that. It gives you the ability to actually drive action from those reports. So. You know, you're getting the you know this input, and and you know it's like, hey, wow, I need to actually deal with this right now. You can right from those dashboards initiate action to either mitigate the threat. So maybe it's a oh, you know, we, that file definitely needs to get uh, dealt with, or maybe it's something more mundane where it's like, oh wow, I just found that we've got a hundred copies of that one database. Uh, sitting around because people have been, you know, just, you know, cloning it for dev test or, you know, DBAs doing the, you know, dumps every, <laughs> every time they change a table. So, I mean, you know, being able to even just reduce some of that data sprawl by saying, wow, I don't need a 50 copies of that. Let's get rid of all of them except for, you know, the, the, the one that we need. And, and that can really help with everything from migrating to the cloud. You know, do I need to move all the garbage to? No. Or, or, you know, data consolidations, maybe I want to move within the data center from all these other legacy servers into maybe an HCI platform or something. So, again, there's just so many different things you can do from a data management perspective when you know more about that data. And Matthew, you mentioned earlier that, that um, the solution also cracks into the content. Can you want to you talk a little bit more about that? I mean, I, it's actually a content index? Yes, yes. So... Looking beyond kind of that top level metadata of, you know, who owns it, how big is it, what file type it is, you know, the, the, those types of thing, it can go into the contents itself and understand it. So let, I'll use 
maybe an email example first is, you know, uh, the typical ones to get to, from, attachments, subject, but I can start actually going in and seeing, okay, well, the email itself is got a discussion between Ray and Matt. It has to do with a contract and there's an attachment. And in that attachment, there's, uh, you know, some personal information or something. So, so I can start like going into, you know, those different layers so that I'm not just managing it up at this top layer. You know, I, I've got that deeper insight into the data and I can start looking at, you know, especially these days with emails, you can say, you know what, I need, I, I need you to find me all the emails, re, you know, related to the conversations that Matt, Matt and Ray had, uh, because I think they were doing something nefarious, <laughs> you know? And so you can go in and see, see it and find it. And, and the best part is, uh, and this this is a conversation I've had with IT people for for years. Is the best part, and this always perks their ears up, is the ability to delegate and define role based access with this. Especially when you get into the legal side of things, you know. I mean, I remember when I was uh, you know a help desk person, you know, working in the data center. It'd be like, hey Matt, can you find all the tapes that have these files on it? And it's like, ah, you know. Yeah, are you kidding me? <laughs> it's a reality, though. I mean, this things happen all the time, right? Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, but 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 now I could actually set that up so that hey, you know, the legal department or the uh, cyber uh, the CSEC team, you know, they've got their own access to look at that data, and maybe maybe I want them to look, but they can't export anything. So it's like you know, go find what you're looking for, and then come to IT. And uh, and I can I can present and export that that data with uh, you know audit and chain of custody and all that. This is brilliant. It could take or shift some of the burden off of IT for these tasks and and you know. Yeah. So I worked I worked in eDiscover for a while and content management and uh, you know the the idea of say uh, a competitor is looking for uh, you know digging through or has a mole inside an organization get, trying to get uh, competitive information and, and, and a lawsuit gets brought up. And uh, the e-discovery on, on that uh, can be you know, really, really daunting. Um, but, but you are really only digging through this massive, uh, and, and I have to imagine that the database for, for the, um, for the content filtering and the content management side is, is quite large. Uh, but you're not digging through all the existing data. You're digging through the, the metadata to discover that kind of information. And, and if you have to then run to the data itself to do digging through, that same database tells you exactly where it is because that's part of the metadata. Uh, so that discovery function is going to be a far quicker process. Uh, and certainly when, when you bring in lawyers to do, um, to do e-discovery, if, if they don't have to dig through every ounce of data that sits within your environment, then the, the rapidity at which they can access that information uh, would reduce the, the overall e-discovery costs by some factor of, of, you know, major number. Oh, definitely. You know, especially if, if companies are going to outside counsel or other parties to, to leverage 
those services, I mean, that can get real costly real fast. Uh, so having a mechanism to really quickly go in, find what you need, and then uh, if needs be, even put it under uh, legal hold to make sure that, you know, let's say it is backup data, you don't want the retention to expire on that. So I can actually grab uh, all the data specific to that search and put it into its own special bucket, if you will. You know, uh, gone are the days where it's like, uh, you know, a, a legal hold would come in and it's like, okay, well, put all the tapes in a box and let's buy some new tapes. <laughs> you know, like, I, I don't need to throw the baby out with the bathwater. If I've got like five files on a, on, you know, a, a, a multi-terabyte tape, yeah, I can just grab those files and I've still got the full chain of custody to say, okay, well, yes, those are the original files that came from here and here and here and here and, and here's just those files. So it's, uh, you know, it's pretty, pretty granular. So Matthew, many of the analytic solutions that I'm aware of uh, are focused on, uh, I'll call it savings of storage and stuff like that by finding redundancy or finding, uh, you know, files that no longer matter or, or, you know, just making sure that you have the files that do matter in the proper uh, context and the proper backup sets. And if you're migrating from one site to another, you, don't, you only have to migrate some of that stuff. Does, does Activate do those sorts of things as well? Yeah, that's uh, a part of uh, what we call file storage optimization. So that's, um, you know, looking at uh, data duplicates, you know, maybe even, it can even kind of run some, some what-ifs around uh, archival policy. So it's like, okay, well, let's look at this data set, you know, when's it last been accessed, when has it last been touched, who owns it, how old is it, how, you know, how big is it? But then also to your point, you know, how many copies of it uh, do I have? And we've got a number of customers that are using those analytics specifically for that. Um, got one customer, uh, they're trying to, to reduce their overall data footprint from, you know, over 20 petabytes down to about half that. This is formidable. This is serious money here we're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's not that's not uh, a small chunk of change there to, in terms of just the costs associated with it. So, uh, I, I look at it as you know, if you have better data management policies uh, and the analytics can help you with that, that actually translates into overall better storage management and cloud management because now you're not now you've got insight to understand well. You know, do I need this over here? Do I need that over there? Maybe this should be tiered over the, uh, into this area, or maybe this should be just removed entirely. So, you know, it gives you better control over those different aspects of your storage, of your cloud, of your your living environment, so that you can manage it better. You know, it occurs to me that if uh, if Commvault is able to see where your data is located, uh, it might also help to prevent some of the shadow IT from taking place. Uh, uh, you know, somebody opens up a rogue uh, cluster on GCP and Commvault is aware of it because it sees those data flows, it, it might be able to let audit uh, understand that, hey, you, you've got this bill coming in from, from GCP for data storage and, and compute resources, et cetera. Um, there's a potential cost savings just by virtue of having that system in place as well. Providing that visibility and stuff. Oh, definitely. 
Yeah, and, and, you know, kind of like I was saying before, you can break it down even by, like, departmental ownership, by individual ownerships, by groups. So you could actually start building out, you know, a cost model for who's consuming what uh, and, and which resources are growing and at which pace or shrinking kind of thing. So, yeah, you could very definitely use that to kind of help with your uh, with the financial aspect of IT as well. So, Matt, do you have any last questions for Matthew before we close? Uh, no, not at the moment, but I'm, I'm absolutely interested in learning more as time goes on. Okay, Matthew, anything you'd like to say to our listening audience before we close? Sure, yeah. Uh, well, first of all, thanks for tuning in, everyone. Uh, there are a number of real quick YouTube videos out there on the Commvault channel that walk through at a high level, what file storage optimization, data governance, and e-discovery and compliance are capable of. So if you do want to learn a little bit more, you can go there uh, or reach out to us on uh, on Twitter, LinkedIn, or right off the website, and uh, and let's have a conversation. You know, I'm always always open to uh, to help educate people. All right. Well, this has been great. Thank you very much, Matthew, for being on our show today. Thanks for having me, Ray. And thanks again to Commvault for sponsoring this podcast. That's it for now. Bye, Matt. And bye, Matthew. Take care. Until next time. Next time, we will talk to a system storage technology person. Any questions you want us to ask, please let us know. And if you enjoy our podcast, tell your friends about it. Please review us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify, as this will help get the word out.